Inspired by a podcast brought to you by Six. Hello, I'm Hannah Wise, and this is Inspired by. In this podcast series, I invite experts from Six and other representatives from the Financial Centre to talk about their inspirations. My guest today is Mara Harvey, former wealth manager who found a true calling in life as an author of children's books promoting financial literacy. Mara, it's great to have you with us. It's lovely to be with you, Hannah. Thank you for having me. Well, financial literacy for kids is is quite a far cry from managing the wealth of billionaires around the world. Or this is what I assume. Is there a connection here? Well, there definitely is a connection. I think it was because I realized just how important it is to take control of your finances that I wanted to enable every child everywhere to not miss out on the wealth creation potential they have ahead of themselves in life. So how do you frame it for them? Because obviously you don't kind of say, hi, kids, you know, you've got to think about wealth creation. How do you go about it? How do you make it something that would interest them? Well, I started actually from the very beginning, and that is what is money and where does it come from? So essentially trying to teach kids that you have to earn money. And that topic for me goes hand in hand with the topic of equal pay, which is extremely important that even children understand that we're still far away from economic parity. And from there, the journey goes into understanding that savings in a piggy bank cannot grow. It's a great starting point, but you can't just leave your money lying around doing nothing all day. And of course, then when it comes to spending, there are lots of choices to be made and trade-offs. And children need to understand that if you want to spend wisely, you need to plan wisely. And with digital money, even more so, because it's harder to control how much you're spending and have an overview And of course, uh, when we get into money choices, we also need to look at where is your money going and what impact is it having on the world? So for me, the topics of money and sustainability go hand in hand. And that's what I wanted to bring to children as of an early age. So you say as of an early age, how early is the right time to start talking to children about money? I'd say very early indeed. As of age three, kids understand cause and effect. Really? And that's when I think a conversation around money has to start so that children can really understand it, not just perceive it because they see what's going on around them, but educate them on what this is all about. And I would say latest by age five, (gasps) this needs to be a topic that our children can grasp and can engage with. Okay, so my eight and 10 year olds are now too too old for for this conversation? (laughs) Never too old. It's (laughs) never too soon, but it's also never too late. So um, I would just argue the sooner the better. But Mm -hmm. clearly, um, around age seven, uh, research shows that money habits are largely formed for life. So it is really important that we help children understand the dynamics of money, especially with digital money. Kids are getting exposed to money earlier and earlier through digital apps, through games that they're playing, just by watching adults swipe and tap. So they see actions in relation to money, but they don't necessarily see the transaction They don't see us give away something to make a purchase. 
And I think this, this is actually has... very interesting because I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is something that I can relate to. I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to. My children just do not understand how money works because they never see it. So what does this impact of digitalization really mean for us as, as parents? I think it means that we need to reflect on what our children are seeing and learning and what they are seeing but not yet capable of understanding. Because a child's ability to understand an abstract concept is basically developed around ages seven, eight, nine. And um, money, when it's digital, is an abstract concept. So we can't expect a three, four, five, six-year-old to fully grasp what digital money is, even if they are exposed to it. And this is why Going back to basics, using coins and banknotes with little children is actually very important mm -hmm. because they can grasp the tangible separation from a penny or a banknote if they're buying something and they understand that there is a transaction, they understand I'm giving away something to get something. But they cannot understand with a swipe and a tap that they've actually given away something um, they're just not capable of grasping that complexity and that abstract transaction. So it's so almost combining... even more important than ever exactly. to have these so conversations. It is. It is so important to have these conversations. And it is important to guide a child through that development stage, having really frequent conversations whenever you're using digital money in front of them. What does it mean? What is your child seeing? What is your child capable of understanding? And what not? All right. Now, I feel that we've only scratched the surface on this. So I want to come back to, to this conversation in a moment. But of course, here on the podcast, it's all about your own inspiration. So I wonder who inspired you today, Mara Harvey? I was inspired very deeply by a dear friend called Shelley Tsalis, who is the CEO of the Female Quotient. Uh, Shelley has been an advocate for gender equality uh, since decades, and uh, we were actually working together on the topic of financial confidence and engaging many more women in finance and taking control of their financial futures. When uh, Shelley made a comment that just stuck with me, she said, oh, the places you'll go with financial confidence. And Oh, The Places You'll Go, for those who are familiar with it, is a book by Dr. Seuss for children, all in rhymes. And that just triggered the thought in me that maybe to improve the conversations we're having with kids around money, we need some rhymed stories that make it easy to have those conversations. And that's what sparked my writing. I think that's really interesting because this is a really physical inspiration. Like she she kind of actually switched the light on in your brain when it came to um, financial literacy for children. Is there a connection, though, with female financial literacy? Yes, there definitely is, because it's the work that I was doing in the financial industry that led me to explore why women engage differently with long term financial decisions and with investing and it seems that the root causes lie in the different money semantics that girls and boys grow up with. And all the biases that we see in the economy actually affect our children too. We tend to talk to boys more about earning and we tend to talk to girls more about spending. 
And so I wanted to overcome those biases and make sure that girls can grow up with money messages that make them feel confident talking about money and dealing with money as they grow up. Now, you've actually met Shelley. Um, what specifically about her work inspires you? I think it's just amazing the tenacity with which Shelley has mobilized resources around the globe to advance the dialogue on equality, diversity and inclusion. And uh, for me, of course, the financial aspect is only one aspect of inclusion. But I think it is a very important one because I think uh, female economic empowerment really is the final frontier to gender equality overall. When women have access to resources and are independent in deciding over those resources. Can I maybe ask you about your own exposure to money and finance as a child? Yes. For me, this indeed, I would say, was a painful topic because we never spoke about investing when I was little and uh, my parents separated when I was just 10 years old. So I grew up with my mum. And for my mother, um, it was very clear that money was a source of security, but not a source of opportunity. And precisely because she went through difficult circumstances in life, her message to me was, you have to be financially independent, meaning you have to have a job, you have to earn your own money. But there was never a conversation about what to do with your savings. And sadly, my mum passed away a couple of years ago at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. And I had to take over her administration a few years before she passed away. And I realised that she had basically just kept her savings in cash her entire life. And as a banker, I just looked at this and I wanted to cry because I felt like this was such a missed opportunity. Mm, and, and does that inspire you on this path as well? Definitely, definitely. Because I realized that because I grew up without having these important conversations about money, about investing, about opportunity, I also probably wasted the first 35 years of my life in terms of not doing anything with my own savings. Had I known better, I would have done better much earlier. Mm. And I would like to avoid that other people make the same mistake. There's no reason to just keep your savings in cash, which is probably the worst thing you can do, especially in an inflationary environment. And is that the most common mistake with money, do you think? Or, or what are some of the, the, the most common uh, mistakes people make with money? I do think that just doing nothing with money is the biggest mistake many, many people make. First and foremost, I would say that um, misunderstanding debt and its consequences is probably one of the most frequent mistakes that young adults make. They don't understand that compound interest is just working against them at a very, very strong pace when they're taking on consumer debt. And at the same time, the fact that they are paying down their consumer debt prevents them from actually building wealth. So we need to help youngsters understand that um, compound interest works against you if you're in debt and works for you if you are investing. So there's a lot to be said about uh, helping youngsters truly take control of their finances. I wonder why isn't this 
a big topic in schools. Why is this not taught on a regular basis in schools anywhere? I think that schools struggle with the topic of money for many reasons, because it also opens up a conversation about inequality. This is something that schools especially don't address in primary school because it's very hard then to explain to little children why does my daddy have a, an expensive car or why does my mummy work and yours doesn't and things like that. These are all difficult conversations. I mean, schools, especially in the UK, if I take that example, put kids in uniforms so that we don't have to have a conversation about inequality. And um, it's a hard conversation to have at any age. I think finance really should be on the curriculum at every single stage of our children's education because money skills are life skills. We tend to you know, send our kids to language courses, to sports classes, to ballet, to uh, yoga, to everything. Uh, tennis classes, piano lessons. And we think that all of these skills are essential for our young children. But we're not sending them to money classes, which is one of the most essential skills they need. <laughs> but I wonder if we don't have these conversations, even parents don't have these conversations, because parents and, and, and people in general just don't understand how this all works because of the I, lack of education they had at school. I fear that is indeed the case. Uh, if we look at aggregate statistics on financial literacy, we see that they are either stagnating or declining in many countries. Uh, in Switzerland, uh, the most recent data I had a look at showed that uh, roughly, I'm rounding it now, one adult in two does not fully understand the impact of inflation, of compound interest and of diversification on their wealth creation. So if one adult in two does not fully understand this, it also means that the children accordingly are not getting educated on it at home. So it is a problem. And I think we need to help parents who are not feeling particularly financially confident themselves to have good money conversations with their kids. And that's what I'm trying to facilitate. Well, I guess they probably learn a lot when they read their your books to their children as well. Um, I'm sure I, I know I did when I read uh, your first book, actually, to, to my daughter um, quite some years ago now. I think it was about three or more years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you're now on your sixth book, which is out later this year. What What is next for you and, and what does the sixth book explore? So this sixth book actually was born in the context of the COVID lockdown. It is a birthday book when nobody could celebrate a birthday party because we were all isolated. So I wanted to write a little story about a birthday party of Marty, the protagonist of our books, because birthdays are very often an important money moment for children. They receive gifts of money or vouchers, and it is an opportunity to really engage them in learning about money. So I wrote a birthday book where Marty receives some money from her grandmother and knows that she's going to have to think about what she's going to do with this money. And it is an invitation to children to actually explore the rest of the series and learn about money dynamics. And my message to all of the parents is a very simple one. Why just gift money to a child when you can actually gift financial literacy? And so really, Mara, financial literacy is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, now, usually I ask everyone what is the one thing that they would like to ask their inspiration. But as you've already met uh, Shelley, 
What would you like to tell her now? I think I would just like to thank her really from the bottom of my heart because that one sentence that she said a few years ago now, it must have been 2018, has really set me on a path that I don't think I otherwise ever would have taken. And knowing that I can contribute to making the world a little fairer by supporting children in learning about money, supporting girls in particular who need an extra boost to become confident with money and to know their worth and to negotiate their worth is something that I believe is uh, is going to have an impact on the next generation of girls. And what better than to have a job that you're doing every day and knowing that you are actually changing a child's future. It just, uh, it just gives a whole new meaning to getting up every day and going to work. So I am so thankful for that. And we're so thankful to you, Mara Harvey. It was great to share the stage with you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Hannah. And thank you very much for joining us for this episode of The Six Podcast. And until next time, stay inspired. And you can hear more about inspiring leaders by downloading the six podcast series available wherever you get your podcasts.